Thank you so much for the song ministration. Hallelujah. So tonight we're talking about friendship and what a friend we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. Even as we reflect on this all-important topic relating to our friendship with the Almighty God. Father, tonight, may you grant us understanding into your word why we need to make friends with you and why we need to cherish our friendship with you. Help us, O Lord, tonight. Even as you grant me the utterance, and may your name be praised in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So tonight we share on the topic, friendship with God. Friendship with God. And for the outline of this teaching service for tonight, there are a few questions <coughs> I would like to pose for us to consider who is a friend who qualifies to be a friend of God? First, who is a friend? Secondly, or second, who qualifies to be a friend of God? Who qualifies to be a friend of God? Three, why should I keep this friendship with God? Why should I keep this friendship with God? Four, how do I keep this friendship? How do I keep this friendship? And last but not the least, what are the threats to this friendship with God? Threats to this friendship with God. The simple question I'm starting with, who is a friend? And the Oxford Dictionary says, is the person with whom we enjoy mutual affection. A person with whom we enjoy mutual affection. So it's not a one-way affair. There is a mutual affection. If I say you are my friend, there's something I like about you, and there's something you also like about me, which makes us click, so to speak. So there should be something between the two of us, or between the two persons. And friendship means being a relationship between some individuals. Now I'm asking myself tonight. Is it everybody who can be a friend? 
of God. Looking at the scriptures. And how God called Abraham that this is my friend. Makes me understand that it's not everybody. Indeed, it's a privileged position. It is a privilege for God to call you his friend. For God to call you his friend. So who qualifies to be a friend of God? The the example of the Old Testament, Abraham, whom God said, this is my friend. Abraham is my friend. We can quickly look at James chapter 2 verse 23. James chapter 2 verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And look at the qualification. He didn't say a friend. He said the friend of God. That's why I say it is a rare privilege. It is a rare privilege. See, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. The friend of God. It's a privilege for God to look around and say, you are my friend. Barasseth is my friend. For God to say that. It might be an exciting experience. For the almighty God. To say. You are my friend. You can see that. So even God is careful. In choosing. His friends. God, there were not many people. In the Bible. That we can see. Or refer to. As friends of God. Not many people. Were called friends of God. But Abraham was. Hallelujah. And he said. He believed. He trusted. And it was accounted to him. As righteousness. For God to honor him. And to address him. As a friend. In the New Testament, we can look at John chapter 15, verse 13, verse 13 to 14. It says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Do you want to be a friend of Christ? We had a song ministration. But Christ is saying, let's go back to the verse 14. Yeah. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you to do. Tonight, if there's somebody who wants to be a friend of God, then do what he tells you to do. And what is the proof? Of the fact that you are a friend of God. The next verse. 
15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Tonight, what is the proof that God is your friend? Because he said, If indeed you are my friend, all the things that I had my father, I've made them known to you. And that is why, for example, in the days of Abraham, because of that friendship, God said when it came to Sodom and Gomorrah, He said, should I hide it from Abraham? That is a friend. For the Almighty God, to look on whether it's a city or a town like Sodom and Gomorrah and has plans to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But then he says, shall I, shall I hide it from Abraham? Isn't it a privilege? God has a purpose and agenda to fulfill. But he says, this is my friend. And because he's my friend, I will not hide it from him. And Christ is also saying, But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Is God showing you anything? Is Christ showing you anything? God showed Abraham the situation of Sodom and Gomorrah. The state of our nation, if we are friends with God, He should let us know our state. If we are friends. And I know they are friends of God, who God reveals the state of the nation to from time to time. It can even be elections. How the elections will go. God reveals. He said that is not for public consumption. Those who are true friends, when the Lord reveals to them, it calls for prayer. Those who are true friends, when the Lord gives the state of the nation, and this is what I call the true state of nation address. Which is before the Almighty God. And He shares with His friends. And when He shares with us, it is cause for a true friend to sit. It is a burden. It is not a time for show. It is not a time to sit on radio and say, I have a prophecy. That is not the true friend of God. A true friend of God, God reveals His mind concerning the state to you. It sends you into your closet and say, I need to go on my knees and pray for this nation, Ghana. That is a rare friend of God. Are you a friend of God? But Christ said, You are no more servants. My prayer is that each one of us will have this experience where the Lord will reveal affairs concerning this nation to us. And then we can go on our knees.
and cry to the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's been a simple issue. Who qualifies to be a friend of God? And I've given the example of Abraham. Because he trusted God. Because he believed in God. And it was accountant to him for righteousness. And for you and I, Christ says, if and only if, we will obey and do whatever he says, we shall be called his friends. And things shall be revealed to us. This is a privileged position. It is a privileged position. And for which I believe every true believer should strive to be in that situation where Christ can call you a friend and reveal things to you concerning your nation, concerning the church, concerning your family. Otherwise, then we are not friends. Indeed, if you stay for far too long months and you haven't heard from your friend, I believe our friends speak to us almost day in, daily. So if God is not speaking to us, then we need to examine ourselves. If I'm a true believer for a whole year, God hasn't spoken. If I say he's my friend and I haven't heard, then probably he doesn't consider me as a friend. Then he doesn't consider me as a friend. And that should cause me to be worried. That why do I think God is my friend, but he doesn't speak with me? Can you imagine you have a friend? In our normal life, if I say I have a friend, and the friend is not calling me, shouldn't it bother me? It should set me thinking, have I done something wrong? But for many of us, it is business as usual. But let's cry to the Lord that you and I, if we say we are true friends, God should be speaking to us. There is a lot for God to share with us. He is ever present. He is everywhere. He is speaking. I said that when he speaks, some said he is thundering. When he speaks, some say he is crying to Elijah. But he is speaking to you. He is speaking to you and I. There is always a voice. When you make time for him, you will hear him speak to you. Hallelujah. So at least I've established the basis as who qualifies to be a friend. Now I'm asking myself, for me, I have developed some five or six points which I stand on and say that for this reason, I want to keep a certain friendship with God. And I believe every individual should examine him or himself. Why do I want to be friends with God? There must be a reason. My reason number one is that for nothing at all 
God created me for his pleasure. If for nothing at all. God created me. In Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. He says, God created us. Can we look at Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. He says, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and created. In fact, the King James says, were created. Let's take the King James. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. For thy pleasure they are and were created. If God has created me for his pleasure... Who am I to say that I cannot be friend with him? And I can live without him. And I can go about doing my normal things without having anything to do with him. Indeed, he has to be my dwelling place 24 hours. And St. Augustine said, Thou hast formed me for thyself. And our hearts are restless. So they find rest in thee. That is the true friend. St. Augustine said, Thou hast formed me. And for thou, our hearts are restless. So they find rest in thee. And today many people are restless simply because they've abandoned God who is their friend. Tonight, may I recommend to you to go back to God and have a true friendship with him. And you will have your rest. You will have your peace. Because he made us for his pleasure. And it is only in him. That you will have your peace. If you stay outside. If God cannot be your friend. You won't have rest. If God cannot be your friend. You will not have peace. But if you can be true friends with God, I guarantee you, you will have peace. I have tasted it. And I know it is true. I have tasted it. And I know it is true. If I have peace, it's because of God. It's because God is my friend. Because it's Him and Him alone. Nothing can be above God. And if you can do that, you will have rest. Hallelujah. The second reason is that I believe many of us don't even once a while sit down and look at what God has done for us. If you can just sit down, take a whole day and sit down and see what God has done for you, nobody will tell you to be a friend of God. Just sit down and see what God has done for you. Then you will know and conclude that but for God, but for God, I will not be where I am. But for God, I will not be standing here. But for God, you know who you are. 
But you see, we take things lightly. But when we begin to be serious of God and know what He has done for you, yours will be a close marking. <laughs> a very close marking. In fact, you won't give God an inch if truly you believe that God, it is God who has established you and it is God who has made you who you are. The trees will say, Utua, Ubetium. Say, say, Utua, Yentium. If you say, Yomunia, why am I? And now, Jew Kofia. Now, duty. Unyesumuya, Papa, be duty to Sua. No, I kind of yanko, my yamam. And then you see, there's a friend indeed in Jesus Christ. God has done a lot. That's why I like. Is it who sang this? Is it daughters of glory? This is. Then you see, he has to be your friend. Because when you come to me for something, I may be limited. Not that I may be, indeed, I'm limited. But God is not limited. He will do it for you and do it more abundantly. He is the one who should be your friend. Not me. (laughs) I cannot offer you much. But God can offer you more than you need. He should be the true friend. He should be the one we should be looking for. But no matter we say, we don't have time, we are busy. And the things that we are busy about are making us restless. But in Christ, you will have rest. So just sit down. Begin to look at what God has done for you. And I add by saying that for me, I believe God has been merciful. And I believe when you look at your life, God has been merciful. And if he has been merciful, he should be your friend. God should not struggle to draw you to himself. If indeed he's your friend, God should not beg for me to be drawn to his side. You know, there's a prayer that Sister Ngozi Noamesi prayed when we were at the other side of our Jordan. <laughs> I think it was a one strategy conference or meeting. And after the meeting, there was a meal. He said, some want, they don't get. Is it ringing a bell? <laughs> some get, they don't want. But we have got, and we want, and we eat. Do you understand? God. And by this, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 2. Then you will see that God can even bless you well, but you cannot even eat the wealth. But it takes the mercy of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 2. It says, A man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanted nothing for his soul, of all that he desires. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. But the stranger eateth it. This is vanity 
and it is an evil disease. This is powerful. How can God, he said, a man to whom God has given riches. God has given you riches. He's given you wealth. Honor. So that you don't, you don't lack. But he says, you have no power to eat. But by the mercies of God, we have and we are eating. Regina, Meboa. That is why God should be your friend. You should draw close and closer to him. Because some have in abundance, but they can't eat. That sister Ngozi said, some want, they don't get. Some get, they don't want. But you and I, we want, we've got it. We will eat. And it's by the mercy of God. And this God cannot be your friend. What else do you want? I want it. I've got it. This is the real double-double. He's giving you the ability to eat what he's giving to you. Be a true friend of God. This is what we call friendship. He's been merciful. Look around you. The husband God has given to you. The wife God has given to you. And you will thank God. When I look at the children... God has given to us. Aren't we thankful to God? Hasn't God should? In fact, indeed, when you go back home, carefully read Psalm 136, even though it talks about Israel, how they left Egypt until they got to Canaan, and the various steps and how God delivered them. And each verse, God said, I showed you mercy. The salvation that you and I had, that we had Christ. And some will say, at the age of 20, 30, I gave my life to Christ. It is God who showed you mercy. It is not you. God showed you mercy. That today you know Christ. That is why if somebody doesn't know Christ, it's for us to bear that person up in prayer. God has shown you and I mercy. Because somebody hears the gospel, but he doesn't hear. There are some scriptures says, he's been blinded, but you and I heard the gospel. And you heard, God has shown us mercy. And I have to be friends with him. You and I have been believers. And our lives have been transformed. And you can see the fruits. God has been merciful to you and I. And I have to be thankful to him. And to continue drawing closer to him. Because he has not finished with us yet. Until we get to the point of perfection. The game is not over. So God will continue to be my friend. And it is he. You see that, that his Holy Spirit. That is helping me to transform. It's very expensive. 
And because I know it is expensive, and the Spirit is changing me, I value that relationship. So God will forever remain my friend. And that is why I will not want to do anything to grieve the Holy Spirit. And if somebody is your friend, you don't grieve him. When somebody is your friend, you don't grieve him. Because without the Holy Spirit, you will still remain in your old nature. You will still remain in your old man. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, he helps in our consecration. He helps in our sanctification. You become a better person. And that is why for me, friendship with God becomes very, very important. Hallelujah. So God has done a lot. God has done a lot for me. And I will forever remain friends with Him. Hallelujah. The third point, whether the third or the point, is that we are in a very dangerous and strange world. We are in a very dangerous and strange world. And it is only the friends of God who will survive in this dangerous world. If you have read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it will tell you the wickedness in this world. Let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against wickedness in high places. Many of us don't take this scripture seriously. Have you seen someone who had seven ones? Chose Mfansipim, but never got the admission to Mfansipim. They put him in the second choice school. Anytime the young boy gets to the school, he gets sick. When he comes home, the sickness goes. For two years, he's sitting at home. Is it not wickedness? This world is wicked. This is wickedness. Somebody may establish a shop. Mems, nobody will pass there and say good morning. The disappointments, discouragements, failures. I just met somebody today who told me about the situation of a lady in Kenya. He said, This is a lawyer with masters, three masters. But for eight years, this girl won't get a job but drinking. Strange world. That is why if you don't make friends with God and we take things lightly, this world is full of wickedness. That is why if you want to be friends with God, be friends with God and know who you are. Because it is a power game. It is a power game. And define where you stand. Whether you want to stand with God. And remember, if you are not standing with God, then you know where you are standing. It is a power game. 
But I am comforted that in Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. What I know is that yes, there may be other thrones. I don't know if you go, you even read Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. It talks about this world that was created. Some are seen and some are unseen. Some of these which are unseen have their own thrones and kingdoms and principalities. Do you see them? But God sees them. And God who sees them will give you a head start. He says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Did you see the visible and invisible? Were you here during the women's week? Where Reverend Eddie is Adilamte said. For somebody at Kologono. And people were sent from India. Some of you were not here. He said he didn't believe. Begin to believe. <laughs> because that is the word of God. But if you are friends with God, whether they are not or not, you will survive. The man is at Kologono. And which was the witches sent from India. And he said, these people, they don't need a visa. They don't need to send bank accounts to go and get a visa. You understand? You and I will go and queue. Go and fill forms. Sometimes they will bounce you. They, they don't bounce them. Straight from India, Kologono. <laughs> but don't get scared. That is why tonight I'm advising all of us, let's be friends with God. That is our only hope. That is our... Because the unseen and the seen are there. They are real. The Reverend Minister said he didn't believe. But from that day, he started to believe. Because it's real. But in Colossians chapter 2 verse 10, he says, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Yes, they may be there. But my friend is who... The head of all principality and what? Power. Be friends with God. Be friends with God. And let's also look at Colossians chapter 2. Just go to verse 16. Let. No, is that Colossians? Let's look at 15 first. Yeah, okay. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So yes, they may come. But my God, if God is my friend, when they come, God who is my friend, Christ is my friend, he has made a public show of them already. That is why tonight, let's take our work with God serious. A lot of the issues that people are going through is not that the people are even marriages. It's not the people, the people who are bad. If you know what is working in people, 
you have mercy on them. That's why we shouldn't just easily condemn people. God created all of us innocent. But the environment in which we come to find ourselves make people behave differently. But if God is our friend, he will be there for us. Also in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. Far above all principality, our God, our Christ. There may be the principalities and thrones, but my Christ is far above all principality. And power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is made. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So you see why you should be a friend to God? A friend of truth. The song that we sang, we shouldn't we should begin to sing it with the meaning. Because Christ is indeed my friend. Because I know what Christ has done for me and what he is doing for me. There was once upon a time we had an attack. And as we prayed, all that Christ said, if you remain in union with me, I will be with you forever and ever. And that is friendship with God. That is friendship. To be friends with God. Then you see the hand of God. That's why I've said many people are struggling. Restless. But God. He's waiting for us. His arms are open. But we say we are busy. Because we are busy we are restless. But in him there is peace. You will have your rest. Hallelujah. The next point, which I consider important, is that there is still a lot more work for the Lord to do for me and for you. To reveal His Son to us. And this will only come about if we continue to have a much deeper relationship with Him. That is why in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 it says, I will continue looking at to him who is the author and the finisher of my faith. Because we are all still work in progress. And if you take my continuous look up to him, then he will complete his work in me. And I believe that for those who always make time to sit with God, you see that each moment... You sit down, you see how precious those moments are. Anytime you can make time to sit with God, then you can see how precious those moments are. God speaks. You see the mind of God. God guides us. God tells us things. He will continue to direct us. And as we continue to keep our focus on Him, as we continue to keep our friendship with Him, and our gaze is on Him, you will never be the same. And you see, and here, I'm not talking, that relationship is between you, the individual, and God. It is not between you and some other person. 
many of us are not getting the benefits between us and God because we have too many intermediaries. But the call is between us and God himself. And then God can share with you. The next point is that I cherish the glory of God and I don't want this glory to be departed from me. If you look at Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 to 3, it says, The glory of the Lord has come upon me. Arise and shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. You see, it is this glory that makes you that special person, that unique person. It is not the creation, but God's glory. That gives you a certain uniqueness, a certain aura, a certain respectability. Is that glory of God upon your life. It is not decoration. Because indeed, if you read that when the ark left, the glory of the Lord left the Israelites. And you look at the expensive materials. When you read Exodus 25 to chapter 25 to chapter 40, it shows you the expensive material that were used in the construction of the tabernacle. But it was not the expensive materials, but the glory of God that made the difference. And when that glory departs, it's an empty shell. And for me, I cherish the glory of God. So I'm not bothered about decoration. I would rather struggle and strive to keep my friendship with God so that the glory of God will continue to be upon me. In that case, somebody will say, Ushe Bruni wa ukra, ubaka se hose, klaven wa amai. Even when you wear Bruni wa u, it looks different. Because it's not just clothing, but the glory of God. But the glory of God. That glory of God gives me the covering. That gives you the covering. So that's why we need to be careful to maintain that friendship with God. For that reason, I'm very careful. Let's not allow sin to have dominion over us. You know, sometimes some people will say, I will go and sin. Then when I finish, I'll go and ask for forgiveness. I don't want the glory to depart even for a second. So if I know it is wrong, it is wrong. Or should we continue to sin for grace to abound? And remember the book of Nazar. Whilst he was speaking, what happened? He turned into what? It was while he was speaking. So if he had tended to finish speaking and then go and ask for forgiveness. The glory of God is important to me. It should be important to you. Now, per the outline, what are we supposed to look at? How do I keep this friendship? So I've spoken of, for me, the reasons why I think I should keep friendship with God. And that's what I've mentioned. 
How do I keep it? You must purpose and make a conscious effort to develop the friendship with God. Because God himself is careful about whom he chooses to be his friend. We need to purpose to spend. That is why I like, you know, again, during the Women's Week, all that they did, the theme and what was shared by our Reverend, the guest speaker, and our sister Grace, what was shared. If we will all spend time with God, we will see the difference in our lives. If indeed he's my friend, I must have time for my friend. Spend time with him. Spend time. And make time with him and with him alone. And it's not a matter of having any other person. Or even a phone. If you say you are having time with the Lord. That's what we call quality time. With the Lord. If you have ever been to the seat of government. They won't allow you to take your phone. To cross the gate. Whether or when you are at the castle. Or is it Jubilee or Flatstaff House. Your phone will be taken from you. Because you are going to meet a man called a president. And you are going to have an appointment with God. And your phone is there. We are not serious. And you want God to be there for you. God to be your friend. And your phone cannot be somewhere for an hour or two. Until 1994 when mobile phones started coming. What were, how were we living? Ask yourself. I think one of those are Motorola, 1994. Those days were the proper yam. <laughs> eh? We lived. You see, that's why the early saints were able to stand for God. They, were, they didn't, you see, I think they didn't have too many interruptions. Yeah, because of the enlightenment, are saying, Abraham didn't have a mobile phone, so God could go anytime. For us, there's a mobile phone. Laptop, no cry, maybe notebook. <laughs> you understand? It's a distraction. But truly, if you want to be a friend of God, begin to be serious of God. The phone is a distraction. And truly, when you are in a serious meeting, don't you excuse the people if there's any elderly person you are going to have some discussion with. You tell the person, can you excuse me because some senior person has come. But for us, even when God comes, we continue to as if God hasn't shown up. It's a sign of disrespect. And if we continue to do that, you won't get anything from God. Let's begin to know that our God is serious. Learn to respect God. Learn to reverence Him and honor Him. And like I said, it's not through another preacher. It has to be one-on-one. Then He will share 
deeper insights with you. He wants to have fellowship with you. And when he comes, when he hasn't left, you don't get up and leave. That is true fellowship with God. I'm sure as I'm saying, somebody saying, he is there with you. If you make time, God will be with you. Just begin to discipline yourself. And you begin to sense the presence of God. He will speak with you. He will share with you. He will have time with you. Our only issue is that we don't have time. For me, that is the biggest issue. And that takes me to the threats. And there are two main threats. The world and things. Too many things in this world have preoccupied us. Too many things have preoccupied us. And some of us have been friends with the world. But brethren, for whosoever is the friend of the world, Christ is your enemy. It's not me who is saying it. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3 verse 18. Philippians 3.18 For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Are you ready? If if you read even the verse number, let's look at the 19. And whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. And what Christ is saying, as you continue to show friendship with the things of this world, you are an enemy of Christ. Make a choice. Do you want to be a friend of God or to be an enemy of Christ? There may be too many attractions in this world. And they look very attractive. But it's going to make you an enemy of Christ. So the world will be a threat. Things, including even money, power, possessions, even the people around us can be classified under the things. It can be a threat. It doesn't make you enjoy the fellowship with God. Take even Abraham. This is a man God had made promises in Genesis chapter 12. I'll make him into a great nation. These are messianic promises. But when Isaac came in, he was beginning to lose sight of those great promises. And I'm sure many of us, the things and the people around us is taking our eyes off the great promises God has made to us. But pass the test as Abraham passed. Because there are many promises, many covenants that God is ready to make with us. But the world, even though we say the world is behind us, we are still looking. We are still looking. The world is seriously not behind us. Because we are looking. But if you truly want to be a friend of God, You must be dead and die to the world. 
You must be dead to things. You know, many of us, all we are doing, we are running after things. And we've left God in the cold. But God is calling us. He is knocking at our doors. But things have been an obstruction. Things, things, everywhere is things. Things, 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 things. But make a choice between God and things. Who would you stand with? In summary, friendship with God is essential. Can we make time? Can we be obedient to God? And that is why the song that we sang this evening, fortunately in our afternoon prayer, this prayer, Sister Grace was sharing with us and we just prayed on this hymn. That is what I had also prepared. So I believe God is speaking to us tonight. That we should take this friendship with him seriously. Can our sister take the mic and take us through what a friend we have in Jesus? And let's just pay close attention to the words on this hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus. He says, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what a peace we have. We forfeit our peace because we don't go to Him. Some of us are carrying needless pains because God is not our friend. Or because we do not carry. But if we can take it to God, let's all begin to listen and look at the words as she takes it quietly. And let's then begin to think whether truly our friendship with God is truly our friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer.
Why go through needless pain? Are there trials and temptations? Trouble, we all have troubles, but there's Christ. Sorrows, they will be there. But Jesus knows every weakness. Have you been despised, forsaken, but in his arms? He will take and show thee. I have tasted this friendship tonight. I recommend this friendship to you. For our God is genuine. He is sincere. He is faithful. Oh, we have a friend in Jesus. Let's begin. To walk with God 
as a true friend. As I started by saying, he is also careful about who he will choose as his friend. Qualified to be a friend of God. And personally, you must have your reason. I stated why I want to be a friend of God forever and ever. I have my personal reasons. I believe you have your personal reasons. Let's hold on to these reasons. Let's work on them. Let's spend time with God. How much time do we spend with God? Because we are busy. And because we are busy, we are restless. But in Him, you will have your rest. In Him, you will have your peace. We have a privilege. You see, but we are taking, we've traded it for things that do not matter. But thank God for tonight. Friendship with God. Cherish this friendship with God. And you will see who God truly is. You will see what God has prepared for you and I. And you will see that God is God. May the Lord give us the heart to accept and receive this friendship. There should be no doubt because he is genuine. And he has never failed those who are true friends of him. Take God as your friend. And your only true friend and no one else. And you will see you have a testimony. Peace and many blessings.